Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to episode 33 of My Week in Cars, the Autocar podcast from me, Matt Pryor, and Steve Cropley. Hello, Stephen. Matthew, how are you doing, mate? Very well, mate. Nice to see you at the British Motor Museum. Oh, not again. Not again. Again. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. I've just had a wander in. We talked about it the other week, didn't we? And I just wandered in the front and walked past the Aerial Atom 500 yeah. that they've got outside and, you know, gave me a little goosebumps. What a proper car that is. There's a plan. We mm. haven't actually asked Simon Saunders, but perhaps we ought to do it on the pod, but... but they have these evening gatherings, and the and uh, what the museum would like to do is run it one evening in front of the the members. You know, Ooh, just wow. demonstrate it around yeah. around the site. See what he says. Yeah, see what he says. It sounds pretty mega. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, anyway, this week we are talking about Steve's column, my column uh, from Autocar, which you can find uh, in news agents. You can find it on subscription, on digital subscription, um, and we'll be talking about just cars for the next half hour or thereabouts, and. We'll have your correspondence. You can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com. And Jonathan Saul has done that. Have you seen this letter yet? No, don't think so. He says, uh, this morning I was looking at the news from uh, the Shanghai Motor Show and the release of new EVs. For a long time, I had an ability to tell the difference between most car models uh, from quite a distance. And I have a feeling that the latest design trends in EVs are going to have me struggling. Looking at the Smart 3, Polestar 4, even the VW ID7 and others, I can't help thinking the differences in profile are minimal. If we think to the 80s, let alone the 70s, the difference between, say, an Escort and an Astra was, by comparison, huge. Is it that the designers are trying to get maximum efficiency for battery performance? Is it a new trend of steering people away from SUVs? Or, says Jonathan, am I just getting old? Well, aren't we all, mate? But <laughs> what is it? Well... Uh, funnily enough, I was talking to a, a very well-known designer, I'm not sure he'd want to be quoted, but mm. he was saying that there's so much design work going on at the moment, you know, because, you know, lots of models, lots of marks, lots of proliferation of things, um, you know, versions turning into EVs and all the rest of it, that the actual design process is 
taking a bit of a back seat and possibly I, I think it may be the fact may be that it's not being invested in to the extent that all the mechanical governs are and people yeah. are worried about battery supply worried about you know um, electronic performance worried about uh, the layout of their fascias and all the rest of it and the and the the design it, although important isn't mm. quite getting the attention that it has done that's interesting isn't it because yeah. I've thought in the past that as cars get a bit more similar to each other, similar skateboard platform, similar EV powertrain, blah, 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 design would become the great differentiator between them. Yeah. But maybe not yet. Well, I think it will. Mm. I think the, the but but we, I think what we're seeing is this really interesting wave motion as, as we go on. For, you know, there's been the rush to just have something. Mm-hmm. Then there's or, or, the, or the, the, the rush to, to produce a car that looks special because it's an EV. Then there's we've moved into an era where EVs have just become cars, but the, the the desperation is to get enough of them on the market to be there in time for late 20s and early mm. 30s. And after that, we'll get into light weighting and and um, and you know distinctive driving characteristics and all that kind of stuff. There was a bit that came out recently from McLaren. They were talking about this being EV phase two of four, and the fourth was going to be when cars develop character that oh, e- along the lines that you and I like. Yeah. I can't remember what the hell phase three was, but I think that <laughs> might have been improved exterior design. Gotcha. But they seem to, Im- to agree with this other fellow who worked for a much larger OEM hmm. that we're in phase two and we're heading for phase four. Gotcha. That's interesting. I didn't. Yeah. yeah well, I did more on that. That is that is cool because we get letters, don't we, from people going, oh, "These EVs all a bit the same. Don't want quite so many." And then we get other letters going really into this. Actually, quite happily have a few more plus buying guides plus whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Jonathan, I do think there is there is an issue about aerodynamic performance in that it has a much greater bearing on the range and efficiency of an EV than it does on an internally combusted car because the thermal efficiency of an EV powertrain is so much greater than an internally combusted vehicle. Because an ICE engine, a petrol engine, might be like, I don't know, 40% thermal efficiency, so most of what it makes is noise and heat. Whereas actually with an EV, most of what it makes is forward motion. So if you improve the aerodynamics of an EV, you have a much greater effect on its overall efficiency than you do on a petrol or diesel car. Sound like an engineer, mate. I know. I know. Somebody <laughs> well told done. Me. Somebody told me that money was spent. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. So that is so, so that is an issue. And that Polestar Four, which Jonathan mentions, which is that new Polestar that doesn't have a rear window, yeah. has a camera instead. Uh, I think part of part of that is because they want the aerodynamic shape of that roofline. Yeah. Plus, it's a more attractive roofline than having. It's, it's a bit weird. So basically, they, the, so the Polestar 4 has no rear window, because, rear windscreen, because they've moved the header rail, which sits above the rear passengers' heads. If it's too high, then you end up with a high roof line, and that's bad for aero, and it looks a bit ugly. But if you move it too low, then it limits rear headroom. So what they've done is they've moved it lower and rearward, so it's out the way of the rear occupants, but then it's where the rear window would be. Yeah. So they've just gone, well, let's not have a rear window. Yeah, yeah, good Which stuff. Is pretty, I don't know. It's going to become so important, this, isn't yeah. it? You, you know, that I keep thinking every time I get passed on a long hill by some bloke who's kind of accelerating in his, you know, his V8 Audi from the bottom to the top, mm. I think, 10 years' time, mate, you're going to have to think again. Because <laughs> the amount of energy to, yeah. to accelerate a big, heavy car like that with, a, with an ice engine from, 
you know, 40 to 80 sort of thing. It's really going really to n- not be appropriate when you're trying to keep yeah. your battery healthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've come over in a Renault Megane, E-Megane today. Have you? Do they still call it E-Megane? Is it just Megane these days now that it's all electric? Anyway, I started coming over in eco mode. Oh, it's like driving through treacle. So I've yeah, stuck yeah. it in sport and it's much better. It's, because it's not, it's, it's a good car to drive. Low centre of gravity, steering's nice. Looks beautiful. Looks really good. Looks really good, I thought. Yeah, compact yeah. overhangs, big wheels. Those guys are doing well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I Particularly so with that car. That, yeah. that, that's an impressive machine to yeah. me. And it's enjoyable in sport mode. The only issue it. seems to be that it hasn't got a... Um, oh, no, heat pump. Heat pump, so the and range therefore... Is, yeah, the range is not good. I today, five degrees, not yeah, so good. I think it's... Somebody told me yesterday, this week that it is coming, I think. One is coming. So it should have improved, because, yeah, I, yeah. Think the, I think the proposed range... And that's the thermal efficiency thing, again, because the motor doesn't make heat to spare. If you want to get the powertrain and everything warm, it's got to generate its own oomph, whereas yeah. with a, a, an ice car, you've got to keep the keep it cool all the time not heat it up so so interesting isn't it yeah it is there's a long way to travel I'm looking for truth is I'm enjoying it yeah all this I'm sort of hesitant about stuff but actually you know the road is long and interesting isn't it yeah it is is. ultimately Um, let's talk about the biggest news this week shall we yeah you were up near the British Motor Museum the other day you were at uh, well, right next door, right JLR. Next door. Yeah. JLR, I was just about to say Jaguar Land Rover, yeah. but that would have been a mistake. JLR's HQ. <laughs> what's, the, what's the announcements? Well, I went there full of um, uh, interest in what the hell they were going to do with Jaguar mm. because, you know, that's the <clears throat> they've been almost totally silent on Jaguar. There was going to be some detail, and detail duly came out. We were told about a three-range, uh, sorry, a three-model... Um, EV range and so on, and the fact that they were going to be expensive cars, and the, w- w- that they most of them were going to be made in Solihull rather than foreign parts, and so mm-hmm. on, all very interesting. But but the the real story turned out to be, you know, according to our colleagues who write in the dailies, mm. the 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 downgrading, if not dropping, of the Land Rover name, and suddenly. We, they told us they were building this house of brands, the brands being Discovery, Defender, Range Rover, and Jaguar. Yeah. And Land Rover was going to be this little sort of blob in the trust mark, so-called, trust in mark. the background. And, yeah. and, the, and rightly so, the, you know, the bloke in the Times, the bloke in the Telegraph, they all said, God damn, do they know what they're doing, these boys? Mm. And then you pointed out, I, I hadn't thought very deeply on this because I was obsessed with Jaguar, and then you, in your piece, which is much more insightful than mine, it started talking about how a Land Rover, you, you know, you can't have a, I mean, the car you own is a Land Rover Defender, hmm. and, the, and the Cortina my old man used to own is a Ford Cortina, yeah. and not having a, a, a something on the front is crackers and you, you you tested this didn't you well yeah i just think it it sounded weird to me when they say these are the four brands jaguar defender discovery range rover and land rover is not one of them because sure i mean why, what is land rover if not the if not the the fundamental underpinnings to it and they've uh, people have called spokespeople and over the last 24 hours they've said no no no, no it's okay it's jaguar's look, Land Rover is not disappearing. It's still, you know, the badging will still be on the cars, blah, 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 blah. But they have said, this is the house of brands. This is the new name of yeah. the company. This is the house of brands. And it isn't one of them. Yeah. So uh, that's an issue. And I happened to be 
with uh, the CEO of Jeep yesterday, Christian Meunier, who... Um, Is he the British like guy? A, no, he's French. And oh, right, he's, so he's the, the he's Jeep, European Jeep, boss? No, he's, he's Jeep, Jeep brand CEO, a oh, global right. Jeep oh, brand God. CEO. So and the man. Um, yeah, so he's the yeah, so he's the he's the he's the fella. He was there with the uh, Jeep Avenger launch and and Grand Cherokee launch, and they had some Wranglers on hand as well, which I will talk to you about later. <laughs> and I know I spoke to him uh, for this pod. We will run more of the interview later. Um, but anyway, this is this is what he said. So I asked him. I said, "Look, you're not going to talk about rival brands. I'm not going to ask you to talk about a rival brand. But if you were going to launch." a new Wrangler, would you not call on the Jeep heritage at some point? You know, would you, would you, you know, he's got Jeep branding everywhere, all over Wrangler and all over the launch of the Avenger and everything else. And the lovely you seven know, bars on the grill. Lovely seven bars on the yeah. grill. And look, you know, this is the shape of the side. And we put, even on that Avenger EV, these are the, the shape of the haunch and the little, and the, some of the cutouts on the bodywork. They're supposed to look like the Willys Jeep. You know, they're supposed to look like that wing, you know. Anyway, he, he sort of hadn't heard the news and after a slight bit of, Really? He said, look, okay, well, this, if, if I was launching Wrangler, Jeep is Jeep, he said. The Jeep is the core. Jeep is Jeep. Is, Jeep, is Jeep. It's the wheelies, it's the heritage. It's what makes all these products um, consistent. They all have the DNA of Jeep in a different way. They all share a big chunk of what the, the father was, so the wheelies. Yesterday you saw the presentation from the designer who designed the, the Avenger and there were a lot of inspiration and a lot of things that come from the brand, the Jeep brand. No, Jeep is Jeep, is Jeep and Jeep is what people are passionate about. That seven slotted grill is, is the core of it and uh, I think it would be crazy to, to drop it. Yeah. For me, Jeep is, is everything. It's the value, is the icon, is, is what makes that brand fantastic. Wrangler is the icon. Grand Cherokee is another icon of the brand, but they're, they're, they're supporting the brand, right? And they all have a role to play in the brand. Do you know what I think has happened over the way there? That They've been quiet for so long that, mm. you know, we, it is no secret that the guys inside JLR have been very um, concerned about stuff getting out, and, you know, and they've been doubly... Um, chucked into disarray by the sudden disappearance of a CEO they thought was was actually the architect of all this stuff, and they've and and some of these some of these theories have not been tested in public. And when this reaction, like yours and like the Times and the Telegraph and the other people, you know, it's automotive news, it's all over the place. Hmm. All these people saying, "What? What are they doing?" I think they're suddenly going to have to do a, quite a lot of backpedalling. I love the line in yours where you said, "Someday." <laughs> Not too far ahead. I can't remember exactly how you put it. They are going to reverse this. Uh, yes, I, th- I, I said. So, I said it's a decision that's deferential to their fascination with luxury, which it, which it is. Yeah, you know, they've got, especially with Range Rover, understandably. Yeah. And by the way, you know, I think we all know Range Rover doesn't need Land Rover connected to it because it's it's the same thing. It's yeah. a clumsy model name if you do call something Land Rover, Range Rover, blah blah blah. But Range Rover Evoque is a manufacturer and a model. In itself, it's yeah. just like that. Yeah. And with JLR, you could have your three brands: Jaguar, Land Rover, Range Rover. I mean, how does Discovery? With what is Discovery if not a Land Rover? Discovery? Yeah. It, it's not a strong enough brand on its own to stand up to anything. People know Defender, yeah, sure, but it's 
I don't know. It's, the it's still a Land Rover Defender. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yes, I said yes, and the decision I said is one that somebody sensible will one day reverse, and yeah. I don't. I don't know whether they'll do that subtly or. I will bet you're right. But yeah, I just. I'm looking forward to the day. But it just you know it's the most it's the most important part of them. Yeah. Yes, but they've, yes, they've come out and said in the past 24 hours, look, one, we've been doing this for ages already because Range Rover is sold without stuff. A lot of the Defender branding is Defender alone and doesn't mention it. And, you know, you'll always find the Land Rover badges on cars and things yeah. like that. But fundamentally, this is the, the, the point that they made themselves. These are the four brands, and Land Rover wasn't one of them. I will guarantee to you that the wash-up that they're having now, today, you know, mm. post the, the, the press conference, they will be astounded by the reaction because they will have thought that having shown us a little visual of what you know just a quarter of what a jaguar haunch might look like and having talked about the new jaguar models mm. or us but they would have bet their bottom whatnot on our on that being the on story. that being the story yeah. but it, it it turns out that the demise of, of land rover yeah yeah, even if it demotion. isn't the total even if it's just a, yeah even if it's a minor demotion you know yeah. it just it's baffling to me and i know that look yeah i have a defender but an old defender but i am not by any means a land rover diehard i spoke to another journalist earlier this week and he said actually when i worked for a land rover magazine one of the trad you know land rover yeah. enthusiast mags yeah, yeah. he said you could sometimes tell the sort of slight disinterest and uninterest in their voice when you phoned when you phoned them oh right yeah okay because they you know because they're preoccupation another is zealot not, not with the, on, yeah. yeah and i am not one of those you know i've i've got one because it was a bit more interesting than a ford ranger but yeah. i could have bought anything and had i bought a jeep wrangler i know that i would not look at be looking at my car today and thinking oh the people who make that have really annoyed me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's I'm just you know, do they do they want Land Rover enthusiasts of old to feel devalued? I don't know. It feels like they're sort of yeah. it's that slightly haughty. No, oh, it's a funny slightly, one. The phrase you know this this week that they used was "We love Land Rover, but yeah, and, well, all right." And Jeep, by contrast, but. Jeep. You know, Americans. They're they're just they're envelop. They, you know, they're they're inclusive, aren't they? Yeah, they're instinctively totally. inclusive yeah. and optimistic and yeah. and welcoming. Yeah, and that's what you want, I think. Yeah. Talking of, yes, talking of the welcoming and optimistic part, uh, we'll take a quick break, but we'll come back and we'll pick up on that point um, in one of your column items in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to my week in cars with me, Matt Pryor, and Steve Cropley over there. Steve, you've had a letter which you forwarded on to me from Trevor Wood, autocar at haymarket.com. You can write to us or you can write to our individual email addresses, which you'll find in the column. Trevor says, being a bit of a petrol head like all of your readers, I run a De Dion in the London to Brighton run. I get a bit frustrated when I read car reports on EVs which focus on the charging experience rather than the driving experience. There was one recently on the Skoda Enyaq where most of the report, I think it was a long-term report, was about the ability to charge or not the car. And I've never read a story about an ICE car, says Trevor, which only covered the experience when filling up with petrol diesel. I understand this is the issue of the moment, but we also want to hear about what a car is like to drive. Keep up the good work. Trevor Wood. 
he's probably he's got a point, has he? He has got a point. Yeah. yeah, he's got a point. And we, you know, like everything, you know, we are we are all too human, aren't we? And we, and what we're reacting to is the is is the stuff that we hear so much in the you know noised abroad, as it were. Everybody, yeah. you know, we we've talked about it once or twice before. We had a gathering of readers. Room full of them, and and there was a, a little rump of people saying, "Don't talk to me about EVs; they're all rubbish, and I'm never going to get involved." And the rest of them were deeply concerned about how to, what it was going to be like to own an EV, and in particular how they were going to operate them. So mm. I, I think we're reacting to that. But he's right. We we also need to. Um, badly need to differentiate the driving experience, the ownership mm. experience from the point of view of driving yeah. more than we do perhaps yeah, yeah but maybe. and uh, so it's i guess it's a point we should take on board yeah i think that's yes i think i think that's probably true i'm aware when i'm writing a first drive of an ev there's a lot of maths yeah it's just you know well this is the this is the charge rate this is the battery size so this is the speed you can get stuff into it this is the efficiency this is the range and it feels like well i've got to i've got to mention this stuff you know i have to put it in but it takes up more room yeah. than it did writing about an internally combusted car where you can kind of just get into the yeah. meat of what it's like. Maybe we'll get better straight at Straight away. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. And we do put a spec panel at the end, so maybe I need to worry less about it and think, well, it's in the spec yeah. panel. It's a lot but of it, I guess in this in this era when everybody's saying, well, they all sound the same, they all mm. you know respond to the throttle the same, um, perhaps we do need to, to uh, differentiate between what they feel like under your mm. backside than, yeah. than, than we do. So... Yeah. Well said, Trevor. I'd yeah, say. well said, Trevor. And we'll get more into those nuances. Which is why I told why I told you earlier, having read that, I thought I'd better mention how I like that Megane to drive. Actually, yeah, it's good to drive. It's a nice car. Yeah, bit of, little bit of torque steer to remind you that it's got some welly. Yeah, and in the sport mode, it's quite responsive. Well, it's ni- nicely, you know, responsive. Got the I've right not driven one. I must have a. It's really good. You should have a go. go. Yeah, because yeah. we're running. I think Jim Holder. Our, Somebody's got one. Yeah, Jim Holder, our editorial director, is running one as a long termer. I think. Yeah. So he's got one for a, a bit. So yeah, you should definitely. What did you drive up in today? Um, a Citroen EC4. Oh, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is a, which is interesting. Got an interesting relationship with the Astra that I've been driving. The Astra is a fev, obviously, but it's mm. but it, you know the control outs and the switch gear and you know just just various vague bits and pieces. There's a, there's a there's a kind of family um, relationship because they are presumably on the same Stellantis platform. platform. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, I, I find myself. I remember all the, the ways that the motoring magazines of the sort of 80s or something used to lambast the manufacturers for bad badge engineering because a Morris was an Austin, was a Riley, was a Wolseley, etc. Yeah. But I mean, to a degree, it's happening again. It is, yeah. Although, uh, again, on the Jeep theme, um, uh, Christian Munier was saying, look, you know, the, the, he has a really good relationship with with the gaffer of Stellantis and he says the nice thing is we get the platform he, that he got for the Avenger which is the compact crossover and he said the nice thing is we can justify because we you know, save so much with using the same platform we can say actually we'd like to spend 50 million quid making sure we redesign the crash structure on the front of that car and we get signed and then it gives a short front really short front overhang which gives it the Jeep uh, approach and departure yeah. angle that it should have he says, you know, and then we, we get the sign-off to do that, and otherwise we wouldn't be able to make the, that car as jeepish as it oh, can okay, if it okay. didn't have some of the, you know, some of the bits of. Were you of other in cars. the Avenger? 
Yeah, I drove. Yeah, drove an Avenger, which has been driven and written about a fair bit already because it is apparently car of mighty the year. machine. Really good, really good. Four point oh eight meters long, so it's really compact. Sounds great. Uh, it's just tall enough. It's got two hundred mil of ground clearance. It's just tall enough to slide in and out easily. The control weights are all good. Driving position is great. Interior is pleasant and it's got some separate buttons for stuff still which is terrific it's it's quiet it's got a good range it's got the right sort of you know, 51 kilowatt hour battery it's got the right sort of range oh, and everything that sounds good. it's one of those cars you know sometimes when people say i've got x amount of money a month to spend and i need a car of x yeah. what do i buy and there's just one that you just call to the top of your mind yeah, pretty yeah. quickly you go oh buy a golf or buy a three series or buy a mini or whatever yeah, yeah. it's a, it feels a bit like that to me you just go hey, yeah buy an avenger well mark tishaw came back yeah, he from it, the he? Car of the Year event, um, mm. full of it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and weirdly, they only sell 0.3 of a percent of the SUV market in the UK, Jeep. Whereas in Italy, they've got 10% because they built some there. And in the US, they have 10%. Brazil, they've got 20%. And they can't yet work... Well, they have, they, they've got an idea of why things are not as good in the UK, but they really want to sell a lot of cars in the UK yeah. more than they do. It's it, it's a much bigger company than we all think it is, mm. isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a million plus cars a year. Yeah. So I mean it's yeah, you know, and they're you know, and they're exclusively SUVs. Is this, sorry, so. to, I'm, I'm not sure whether this is, we're not on the on the program we drafted for this. Uh, but, okay. but, right. but 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 um, is Jeep an American company still? Is it is America? Yeah, still headquartered in America. But the and Avenger the, and was the designed. The big boss is still American. Or? He's, he's 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 Christian is French, and, and he he is he is the C, head of the CEO company. of Jeep brand. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Good bloke um, to know. Yeah, great bloke to know. And he's a great company. And he's really you know, and he enjoys the company of British people as 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 well. He he lives in the states, has done for quite a long time, and but he says, look, you know, the the, the British are car enthusiasts, and there's only like four or five countries in the world that still are, yeah. you know, that still love cars like we do, yeah, and so he thinks we should probably be buying more cars, yeah, they, more they, Jeeps. Yeah, yeah I, we well, I can't help agreeing with yeah, him, really. I mean, a million cars a year, and we bought, and I think they sell 2,000 a year in the UK. Crazy. Yeah, it is bad, isn't it? Really not very Better many. Better buy one. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, the Avenger is the sort of car I could end up recommending, and maybe you should buy one, Steve. <laughs> Go on, let's talk about. I was going to talk about this at the end. Let's talk about it now. Your oh. Wrangler enthusiasm. Oh well, I just—it's uh, for the reasons that I've always loved the the the, the wartime Jeep. You know, mm. the, the stuff that I, I think we talked about it before. You, you know, you and Saunders did this. Matt Saunders did this um, po- uh, um, vid, and there's there's a picture of you, pair of you driving along, and you're saying. This is just such a great weekend weapon, you know. I, I, and and I judge anything, everything by by its capability as a weekend weapon. That's all I really care about. I just love driving. I love, it's my hobby, and you know, if it's that good, I could imagine myself with one. Yeah. Well, I spent some time yesterday in a what they call a four XE, which is a plug-in hybrid, with the doors off, long one with the doors off and the roof off. Took it off-road? Out, off-road. Took it out into the sticks off-road oh. and just cruising along. You hear the crunch of tyres on gravel when you stick it in electric mode and a little whine from the motor. But otherwise, you just hear the birds and the winds in the trees. They don't do it in right-hand drive because the plug-in hybrid powertrain, something in it would get, would interfere with the steering column, so oh, they I can't see. make a right hooker. But if you could live with having a left-hand drive one, 
and you got one in, I reckon you'd, I reckon you'd really like it. Well, <coughs> I, d- I just don't, I don't think I'd see the problem with left-handedness. Mm. I'd love to have a go. I must say that that uh, that I, how how long's the how, how big's the e range? Uh, I think from memory it's about uh, I think it's about forty miles. I think oh, I'm gonna so have to remind good. myself. But it's yeah, it's a decent it's a decent amount. Yeah. And the nice thing about off roading is you use very little electricity yeah. generally because you clamber up a slope. Yeah. Or you go pretty you know you're going sub well, twenty miles an hour anyway. It must be fab. The, the creeping capability must yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Even the, I mean, Christian was saying that you can. He took one on one of the Jeep Jamborees that they do out in Moab. And he said he didn't tell, you know, he didn't advertise who he was. You know, some people would recognise the boss of the company, some don't. But he he took his company car, which is a Wrangler 4XE, and he, um, some bloke with a heavily modified uh, combusted one, went up some, scrambled up some slope. And, you know, then stopped at the top and turned around and went, yeah, okay, let's see what that can do. And he just said it just eased up you know yeah. just really crept up easily because the torque delivery of an electric motor is terrific it is the secret isn't it it's it is great. the secret yeah. i love that yeah. i mean even d- the other day driving around in a mustang sorry a ford mackie hmm. i love the fact that you can do an eighth of a mile an hour you know you yeah. can you can you can sort of have a quarter of walking pace and under perfect control and total silence yeah. and all that and presumably that goes double for oh, a car yeah, that's off. in got four-wheel drive and is 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 you know all attraction you could yeah. eat you know yeah. that and and that's driving through I think I just want to be sure I think I get this right that's driving through the regular drivetrain that they have with the you know with the diff- various differentials yeah. and whatever but of course if you had a motor for each wheel you could just Put that torque exactly where you wanted it, exactly when you needed it, yeah. with much quicker responses than you'd get from a mechanical drivetrain setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. for you know, battery weight is a is an issue for off-roaders, but or for off-roading in soft conditions, but sort of on rock crawling stuff like that, where that matters less, be mm. tremendous. I think. Um, let's mention that then, Steve. Mustang Day. Oh You yeah. drove that marquee. Tell me that's that's. that's the point in your column I was going to come to first. Well, uh, move things around a bit. <laughs> so yeah, so that's but well, that's I idea just came up uh, here because I, I uh, again, you know, I, I the, the thing I like most about um, American cars is just their sort of built-in simplicity and exuberance and optimism and and you know, the, it always seems to me that the people who build a Mustang see no problems. You know, they just it's it's a sort of optimized car for pleasure. Yeah. And and you see a lot of them in the UK. You know all eras, and and uh, they were going to show. I, part of the reason I did it was be, was for work because they showed a a, a um, developed version, a sort of um, what would you call it? A, a not quite. It's not a reskin. A, a you know a, um, you know an improved nose job in effect. Mm. Um, of the coupe. of of them yes of the must Mustang coupe that they're oh. gonna, they're going to launch here later this year or start selling here later this year and and i was we needed a few picks so i came up take took a few phone picks sent them to the to felix our news editor and lo and behold they were online um but i I did the honest truth i can't pretend it was work i was doing it for pleasure (laughs) (laughs) there is that optimism about american cars yeah well the the jeep's the same yeah yeah very much so yeah, very it, much. It's so. just not. It's not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't get all twisted up with its with defining itself. We mm. just know what it is. Yeah, and when Love that. 
the latest Mustang came to the UK in right-hand drive, when they or whenever Ford said we're, we're bringing we're right-hand, it, yeah. right-hand drive ones in for the first time properly, officially, I thought, oh, there'll be a flurry of people who've always wanted one, yeah. and they'll have one straight away, and that'll be the, and that'll be that. But actually, it's got legs, hasn't it? Here, which yeah. is nice, which is great to see. It was very interesting to see the number that mm. and the and the commitment of these people, mm. and there were people standing around. Uh, Looking at this thing, it was mobbed when, as soon as a, you know, a nice red car just drove up with this, emitting his with the right sort of exhaust note, and people swarmed around it, right. and they w- reminded me of the <coughs> launch I went, went, once went to for a Focus RS, where there were all these blokes standing around, and a lot of them seemed to have bank rolls in the back pocket, and they were kind of starting to peel notes off the <laughs> bank roll in order to pay the deposit in to be where they wanted the to be on the on the waiting yeah. list. It was amazing. Yeah, that is cool. And the Mac E. There has been the Blue Cruise. You think, no, no. Of? What's it called? The, the 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 fact that you can drive hands off the wheel. No, that's it. Blue Cruise. A, oh, that was Blue Cruise. Was yeah, it's it? called right, Blue okay, Cruise. It's, oh, um, I see. Sorry. Okay. I yeah. did have a go in in yeah. this car on the the M40, and um, mm. I hate to be cynical, but the and it is. I mean, it's a genuine um, uh, technical development for sure. Mm. You know, we we just you know seventy miles an hour. You put your hands on your knees. You in, in engage this thing and it 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 sort of drives and follows the the lanes perfectly well like other lane keeping mechanisms mm. that other cars have but this the the thing about this one is it is legal in the UK and right. Ford made a big fuss about that but not wanting to be cynical or <coughs> but proceeding to be cynical <laughs> I, the 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 truth is electric cars haven't been selling too well lately the Mustang has suffered from the fact that Mr. Pro, Mr. Um, uh, Musk has reduced the prices of competitive cars rather mm-hmm. a lot. So they, they look expensive. They've got quite a lot of them. And this was a thing to talk about. And they right. did get a page in the Times, and, the, uh, and, and that will help. Mm. So I think it was the, the main use, I think, of Blue Cruise is going to be at 15 miles an hour on the M25, where you can, you can just sort of wander along in... In, in the traffic, not hitting the bloke in front. Yeah, and it does. So, and it, you can't take your hands too far off. No, not well, you've yeah, got to be ready. Um, to yeah, they they, they say you need to be ready, and yeah. if you look away for more than five seconds, it kind of it it sort of shouts at you. It sort oh, of okay. says, <coughs> you know, yeah. and and diverts you back to the. So it's there's a gizmo that monitors your eye lines. Right. So it's it's. It, it's a it's a step forward, but yeah. you know I, you wouldn't fight to have it in your car. No. Although all all Mackies now have it. Oh, the other thing is you it needs to you need to pay something like seventeen quid a month, is it, or something? You know, oh, there's, a, a there's a subscription. Oh, really? And I would oh, be. I've, I think I'd pay that. one subscription and then forget it. Yeah, I struggle with that with subscriptions for things on cars. Yeah. Because Remember when you used to have to rent, rent the battery in a, an electric Renault? Yeah, that was a terrible It didn't idea. do that many flavours, did it? That didn't do that. No. No, that was bad news for that car. That, yeah, that just... Yeah, that just... When I've bought the car, the stuff is on it. Yeah. And it's mine. Yeah. Yeah, it's now my car. Yeah. So, don't, so leave, leave, leave me, me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, I'm not going to pay... Subscription for... Was it BMW you want a subscription for various things don't they or well, they are thinking about a subscription yeah. for various things yeah tesla they say tesla also you the in in certain teslas you pay money to enable something that's in the car already and it's just a matter of some bloke with a computer turning it on yeah 
I, do, I find that cynical too. It's really cynical. I hate that. I really, yeah, I really struggle. You just don't with that. like having your trousers taken down, do That's you? That's how it feels, isn't it? That yeah. is how it feels, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm happy. I subscribe to a lot of things. I pay yeah. for a lot of things for a lot of services. Well, you and your Aussie V8. Is, oh well, yeah. Another, TV another, yeah, another I was reading about that today. There's a, <laughs> so I was, I was reading about today is the next race in the Australian Supercars Championship, which is a few days after this podcast comes out, is in Perth, and I think there's a ten thousand kilometre trip from some of the factories to get there. And one of the one of the drivers, as he outlined what his trip would be, he said he was going through Broken Hill. Hey. Which is home of the Cropley, the Cropley uh, family, family well, home, I, I understand it. I hope he has a good time and I ho- yeah. hope he doesn't get held up by the one traffic light. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got to drive across the Nullarbor Plain, I think, yeah. as well, which is yeah. which sounds like a trek as well. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just pretty boring. There, there, mm. There's a point where there's a railway line that goes alongside. The railway line goes dead straight for 300 miles. Wow. wow. It's quite a long way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think the road pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, next bit in your column, and penultimate bit, I think, is the... Oh, yeah, yes, I think penultimate bit. We might talk a bit more about a Citroen EC4 at the end of the pod. But um, at the Ford F-150 Lightning, you had a go the other day. I did, yeah. So that's I, the <coughs> American-sized pickup. Yeah, it's a size bigger than the, the Ranger, so right. very big on in our roads. Mm. Um, and And... I think it's got something like a four-second 0 to 60 time. It's got a 300-mile range, so you can imagine what it weighs, three yeah. tonnes, you know. Because it's all electric with a... Yep, yep, yep. How many, 200 kilowatt-hour battery More, or something? Uh, More that. Yes, that's it, yes, yes. It's it's massive battery. Yeah. And all the poke, you know, 500 and something or other. But I just drove it, you know, five miles, but... Mm. I did, it was funny. It was. It reminded me of two things. Once upon a time in my life, I was a, allowed to fly a DC3, and oh, it was wow. like sitting on the, f- the, the. It reminded me of that. It was like sitting on the first floor of your house and and taxiing down the road. <laughs> you know, the, the the view is is like from the first floor of your house. Yeah. And it was it was like being in your block of flats and and basically letting in the clutch and driving your block of flats up the road. <laughs> it was really stunning. <laughs> so. Uh, but it, it was refined. It had a pretty good ride. The steering mm. was all right because Ford know how to do steering yeah. in most of their cars anyway. And, and uh, I think Saunders and Co have, have collared it since, we, since I did that just a day or two ago. And they're going to road test it. So yeah, we're gonna, I have a feeling it's at... You're going to get it going. We, you will, won't mm, you? I don't think so. I think as we speak, it's at Millbrook with Matt Saunders, the road tester. Ah, OK. They're having some numbers done on it, which would be... Pretty epic. It will be. Yeah. yeah. Does it feel wide as well? I didn't think it was as bad as as I expected. Oh, good. There's a bit of, there's a fair bit of squat nosedive, mm. um, you know. The and if you give it the beans, you know, the nose lifts a mile. You know, in the east. But but I mean, it's a it's a novelty. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have one for any for any logical reason. But it's a hell of a hell yeah, of a thing. tool, even yeah. so. I think. Uh, from memory, the it's I mean it's not going to be available officially in the UK, but no. it will go on sale in Norway. Is that right? Yeah, there, there was some. I think they were about to announce it. I, I'm not sure whether we're supposed to know this or not, but with, but the, I think Norway is going to be the first place where it goes on sale in Europe. Gotcha. And the Norwegians who love EVs, you yeah. know, half the countries, two thirds of the country EVs mm. now. They were absolutely gagging for it. Apparently, you know, my con- our contacts at Ford were 
were were saying that you know the the phone won't stop ringing, etc. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, next, you've spent some time with the new Clio or Clio facelifted Renault Clio yeah. 5.5 Mark 5.5 as yeah. the phrase might go and their design chief who's terrific isn't he Lawrence van der Nacken. yeah yeah he's, a, he's, he's so clever mm. and they the, the thing is what he's done is to is to launch a whole sort of ethos of design with a, I don't know if you remember there was this thing called the Desire which was a which was a kind of coupe that they concept years ago you know like back in the 90, end of the 90s I think and he's just repeatedly produced these beautiful cars one of which is the McGann that you've mm. t- just been talking about mm. I think that is one of the best yeah and agreed. they just they just seem to be able to do it again and again and trump everybody mm. that's a cl- that's that's clever stuff anyway the the thing that was interesting about the Clio to me was that there are three models you know classic um, three model lineup but <clears throat> but each of them is powered by this 143 horsepower um, uh, hybrid mm. powertrain, and they they only see the need for for, for one powertrain now. And the, and the fact that this this um, uh, setup, which was already used in other in other cars of theirs, um, has allowed them to drop it economically into the Clio, which which is uh, which is which is sort of yesterday's Clio underneath with, mm. with some nice body changes. But that keeps keeps them in the game when the Fiesta stops and the Polo stops and all the rest of it. So mm. they believe they can go right on with B-segment cars. And furthermore, this B-segment Clio hybrid will be joined next year by the B-segment Renault 5, which will be an EV. Oh, of course. So they'll have two... They'll have two rather desirable electrified cars for you depending on whether you want an EV or a hybrid. That's pretty smart, isn't it? It is pretty smart, as long yeah. as as long as there's money in it. And yeah. I, that's what seems to elude some people, making mm. a quid, doesn't yeah. it? But, but um, the yeah. story goes, it'll be all right. That's really cool, yeah. Because the problem for a lot of car makers is they struggle to get under their corporate average CO2 obligation while keeping cars like that on sale isn't it yeah. they need that that kind of tech to keep the co2 average falling yeah and they can't afford it because they don't use it in that smart way yeah. that Renault has that's pretty clever like that. yeah and the other thing they did which was quite interesting was to have a sort of a thing called an I've forgotten what the there are two words Alpine style or something version of the of, of Renault's they're going to use it the way the way an Alpine is they were explaining to me that Alpine is going to be used the way Cupra has spun off, uh, sorry, said has spun off Cupra. Gotcha. And so on. That's pretty and, sensible. You know, and, and, and indeed Fiat has spun off Abarth, and both of these were done by Luca De Mio, who's now in charge at Renault. Ah, excellent. Yeah, and that's his, that's his mantra. That's the thing he likes. And it's worked twice before. Yeah, so why wouldn't it again? Yeah. Yeah, Cupra's doing really well, isn't it? Much better than so. the same, yeah. I think. And they're... They're different enough, aren't they? Those yeah. you get in one and you sort of you understand what it's for. Yeah, and I like the Abarth 500 that, that recently departed the 595, whatever they call it. The you know the it's a bit. Have you driven the one with the with the kind of speaker underneath it? Not yet, no, not yet. I think it arrived. Uh, it was on display at Salon Privé this week, oh, okay. and we I've done a static walk around of it. But I'm I'm inclined to to think of it as the first 
EV hot hatch. I mean, I know that you can get a Cupra born, which is pretty big. You know, yeah, it, yeah, but it's yeah. There are performance EVs, yeah. but it feels to me like the first little EV pocket rocket yeah. would be that. So I'm intrigued as to what it will be like because yeah, I like the 500. Have we got standard. prospects of getting our hands on? Oh, I'm sure at some point. Yeah, I can't remember when it goes on sale, but there must be. There must be at some point an upcoming I saw on drive. the social people taking the mickey out of uh, the idea of having a... You know, they were pointing to the speaker underneath saying, look at this extra weight. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Yeah. I, need to, I need to feel what it's like on the road. Do you remember that Clio that a few... A little while back, you, you could... It was a oh yeah, the, the Renault there was the Renault Sport two hundred yeah, and you yeah. could you could configure that you could make it sound like a Manx Norton. If That's you right. Wanted. It yeah. was un- unbelievable. Yeah, it was bizarre, and it played yeah. it through the speakers inside, didn't it? It played yeah. various different things. Yeah, and that latest Honda Civic Hybrid, most of the time has no connection between the internal combustion engine and the wheels. Yeah, and when it does, it's only at one fixed ratio. But as you accelerate in sport mode and you flick the flappy paddles or whatever, it still does the engine. Yeah. It revs the engine up. Does, is that all right? Yeah, and it feels it, it feels totally like a conventional internally combusted car. I need to go in point. one of those. But, but it's, re- it's really good, that car, I think. Really is good it? family is car. It? Yeah, terrifically well engineered. Yeah. Yeah, really. They've got a good tradition, haven't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So to finish, well, we've already kind of mentioned the Citroen EC4 a bit, haven't we? But, yeah, it's a good car. You've come up in it, and it's a good car. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't fight for it. It's uh, it's it's it it does what they want, which is mm. which is it's pretty comfortable. It's a pretty soft suspension. Doesn't I've just come up the Fosway and it, it doesn't leap about too much mm. on on the celebrated bumps. The seats are soft. It's a, it's a, it feels a bit bulky, mm. but the people who love that you, you know that that particular style of car comfort. We'll, we'll, we'll think it's good. Quiet, you know. Yeah. But I just like a bit more body control usually and, yeah. and slightly more accurate, uh, not accurate, but, but a slightly more pointy steering, if you get me, mm. you know, sort of good around the straight ahead and all yeah. that. But in general, Citroen's commitment to comfort rather than the Nürburgring is it's something to be celebrated. I think they're, I mean, we... I, I don't like the fact that uh, that some manufacturers take too much notice of how, you know, whether it does eight minutes or not. Mm. So well done them for that. Yeah. And it is comfortable. And, I, you know, I'll have a good trip home. I know I will. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can do that soon. Because <laughs> that brings us to the end of uh, My Week in Cars for this week. Steve and I will be back next week. In the meantime, you can find uh, Autocar over at autocar.co.uk, where you will also be able to find ways to subscribe to the mag, which you can get in print or on digital subscription, which is very, very good, I think, because it's much easier That's to keep. That's your favourite, isn't it? It's great, because you can keep back issues and look through up to the early 1990s yeah. or whatever without the floorboards and creaking. And the, the actual, the way it, it uh, presents the the pics is good, isn't it? It's really beautiful. Good. Yeah, um, really high res. Beautiful display. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah better, better colours and everything else than in yeah. print. No, I prefer it myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're also on YouTube. There's a, Richard Lane is driving a Spartan, which is an Australian carbon fibre lightweight sports car that vid is going up 
hopefully, hopefully by the time this podcast has come He's been working on that for years. Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll yeah. be a cool thing. good so one. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and you can, um, the Autocar Electric podcast will be making a return at some point in the near future too. But anyway, in the meantime, you can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.